Hi there, folks, and welcome or welcome back to Nippon Trading International's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima, again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis of realestate.jp. He's a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families who are looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's an Australian, he's been living here in Japan for over two decades now, and for about half of that time he's been buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in Tokyo on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So he's got dedicated loan officers in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts Panel Sessions which means that you're already aware of the fact that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert, Drop him a line on sales at realestate.jp. Hit him up today and start exploring your options. Okay, so for today's episode, this is a conversation with a new client, and it's a conversation that we have a lot with people who are new to the market. So I thought it would have some value for many of you, or at least some of you. We discuss particularly old, particularly cheap properties of the sort that you can find in the Japanese countryside, either via local Akia banks or rural real estate agencies. So they're usually a good few decades old, normally in a state of disrepair or at the very least extremely outdated. And those are very attractive to many people who are looking for a holiday home, particularly if they're um, the DIY types. And while, like in this case, the buyer might eventually end up going for them, it's really important for us to explain the caveats and the baggage, if you will, that comes with those types of properties, just to make sure that people know what they're getting into and what they're not going for a cat in the bag, buying into expenses that they can't afford or ending up with a property that they can't use for whatever reason. So a good conversation on a topic that we regularly receive questions and inquiries on. Hope you also find some value in it. Enjoy the chat, and I'll see you again on the other side. Okay, so I've just um, I've just had another look at the property that you forwarded. Um, you mentioned in your email that it looks livable, but I just want to draw your attention to the fact that it's um, about 70 years old. Are we aware of that? Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're aware of everything. To us, what matters is... Um, there's no water damage, which means there's no leaks. It looks like there's no water damage. There's electricity and there's plumbing. Um, you know, we, our house in the U S is like 80 years old. It's even older than that. It's in great condition. Um, you know, I do all the repairs myself, so I'm kind of familiar with like, you know, house stuff more or less. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess the, the point that we're trying to do right now is to buy something very cheap. Uh, because what happened was we bought a nice place in Turkey on the beach with mountains in the back and Turkey changed the visa laws. So now we have this house sitting there in Turkey that we can't really use. Uh, we can't visit it for vacation because you can't get internet there unless you have a, a visa. So rather than, you know, going through the risk of the same thing, uh, we just want to get something cheap. Uh, for the first year, she's going to be doing the uh, student visa. I'm going to do either designated activities visa or uh, entrepreneur visa and open a business there. 
Uh, so yeah, the first thing we want to get is something cheap that if something happens in the next four years, like we don't care if we, you know, lose it basically. Okay. Well, just as long as you're aware that you're essentially buying the land, I mean, houses in Japan, um, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We know they're not really if built. We can't from... Sell it later. That doesn't matter to us when we move to something bigger and newer. Okay. Um, just, j just to finish the sentence, they're not really built to last. They're built from extremely non-durable materials. And when you're buying something this old, it's extremely likely that regardless of what the listing says about um, existing damages or not, it's extremely unlikely that there's nothing wrong with it um, at this age. And it's also going to just to continue to make it livable. You're probably looking at expenses of somewhere between three to 4,000 bucks a year. Um, just in ongoing maintenance at this age. Um, and that's regardless of whether it needs any actual work done to make it livable in the first place. So as long as you're okay with all of these um, extremely uh, unknown uh, factors, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. 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 We are. We are. Um, yeah. So the plan is if we get there and, you know, everything's okay with the visas and everything, uh, I'm going to put in like 10 grand to renovate it because we're only planning to live there for a year, basically. Okay. After a year. After just wondering where the uh, 10 grand figure came from uh just just general um estimate okay a renovation of a house uh, in japan about this size is usually more like 100 150000 so uh, but to renovate what specifically i guess we have like different definitions of what renovations are well to make it livable by modern standards meaning make sure Sorry, that the walls are fine, that the roof is fine, that the interior is, you know, brought a little bit up to speed, that the exterior is, you know, uh, termite termite proof and everything that comes with it, so that the house is. Um, I understand that your standards might be, you know, not not typical Japanese standards, but I think ten grand is just a bit optimistic. It's not going to be able to do much with it. I mean, it might change a few. Okay, for example. To put in a modern bathroom and the modern kitchen is going to be about ten, fifteen thousand each. So I, I'm not sure what the ten grand actually is supposed to do for you. But I, I mean, look, we're happy to facilitate any purchase you want. I'm just trying to protect you from buyer's remorse down the track. That's all. Oh yeah, no, no, we're we're, we're fully aware. Like I've I've looked at worse properties and uh, I do a lot of renovation stuff myself. So we're we're more or less like okay with what we're getting into. All right, perfect. So and, uh, how can we yeah, help? I'll put it this way. We're coming with seven pets. So whatever we rent right. is going to be way more expensive than uh, trying this method as well. I very much doubt you'll find a place to rent with seven pets. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, this this is more like, like a placeholder just in case everything does go right. We just have a place to be, even if it's for a few months before we find something better to buy. Like, um, yeah. Because the permanent place that we are planning to buy, obviously not going to be like, ten thousand dollars we are planning to spend a significant amount on a permanent house it's just this one is literally temporary like maybe one year and that's it yeah it's basically money we don't mind if we lose if something doesn't work out for the permanent place we're looking more like a machi in kyoto to retire to later okay. on this is just you know complete like a shack to throw your uh, sleeping yeah, bag in possible. yeah i get it what well, well, yeah to get because yeah you know you never know what happens with the visa. Something might not work out. And rather than trying to sell something else, like rush to sell it, we just say, okay, whatever, just leave it. 
Understood. Okay, well, with all that in mind, as long as you're aware, we're happy to uh, facilitate whatever purchase you want. So what, what sort of information can I give to you beyond that? Um, I'd like to proceed. Yeah, I guess um, really we just like to put in an offer on that property. Um, I don't know if you know of anything. I guess all uh, the, uh, the document you sent out, you, that you also helped find places. Um, basically, uh, the reason we picked that particular house was we we're just looking in the area, uh, which is near a language school, uh, which is for her. Uh, that place is like a seven minute bus ride from the language school. So, uh, yes, there's no parking space there. Uh, I read in the posting that you can lease a parking spot. Uh, we probably won't need it. But if we do, the option is there. So it, it's not entirely necessary. Yep. Uh, but the there's a bus there and the public transit there is like very near the house. So that's more or less why we picked that particular spot so like location because it's not too rural it's not big city it's like a perfect size to kind of just stay for first year i have my language school we have public transportation so it's like the best of both worlds and there's a small backyard mm -hmm. for the uh, yep. for the dogs yep understood um well i guess what are you asking what what the process is or how it all works or what, what's the question here we just would like to proceed and put in an offer okay so for us to be able to start communicating with third parties on your behalf like um agents realtor sellers and so forth putting in offers um i, I want to say conduct due diligence but there's not much to conduct on this one particularly and mm -hmm. um, so we need to be engaged which means we need a couple of documents signed and written have you read through the explanation of services document yep you got the, the two documents right like uh, to represent us Correct. So two documents signed and witnessed, and then we need our fee estimate paid. Mm -hmm. With the property that you're looking at, and even if this one doesn't work out, I'm assuming you'll be looking at something in a similar price range. So that'll be just our minimum fee, which is... 5% or 275,000 yen, right? Yeah, so it's 5% of 5 million yen, which is yep. 250 plus taxes, 275, correct. Yep. Um, and that is non-refundable, but that will keep representing you until you end up settling on a property whether it's yep. this one or another one sure um and that's basically all we need to get started so if you'd like us to forward an invoice to you we'll need a name and address to put on the invoice and i'll also forward those two forms and instructions on filling them in and we'll take it from there sure we interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo, and they offer a home-away-from-home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, if that's still a thing, or if you just need somewhere quiet to get away from the world. They offer a variety of options for families, corporate relocations, or even if you're simply transitioning between homes in Tokyo. The properties are super comfortable, Tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities, and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. They come with fast unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces, and fully equipped kitchens. And they're just a delight to stay in. Fantastic alternative to Japanese business hotels, which if you've ever stayed in one, you probably know. They're tiny, they're noisy. Fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but longer term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly in a Japanese business hotel. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home with comfortable Western beds, including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, etc., you definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. 
They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed Minpaku or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you want to tweak for higher profit or a holiday home that you want to rent out when you're not using it via short-term stays, drop them a line today, see how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com. Well worth a visit. And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emil's your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at sales at realestate.jp. And now back to the podcast. Sure. Uh, so uh, filled out a witness for the forms. What do you mean by witness exactly? Notary uh, public. It needs to be a notary, notary public. public. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And um, uh, in terms of money transfer, both for your fee and for the actual... Uh, I don't know, uh, like good faith deposit, if that's a thing in Japan, or the actual purchase price. Uh, how does that work? Is it an uh, international wire to directly to the person, or is it going to go through you? So that's entirely up to you. It's not going to go directly to the person because the um, the sellers and the agents and everyone that we'll be working with don't really know how to handle international transaction. They're not going to know what their SWIFT or big code is. They've never, in most cases, they've never received or sent funds overseas. So that's going to be done through us. And you can do it via direct remittance and let the bank exchange the uh, currency for you, which I'd probably not recommend because their, their rates are usually not very attractive. They're usually going to be at least two, three yen off to the dollar from what the median rate is. So it's a better idea to sign up with a foreign exchange provider. Uh, we've been partnered with OFX for about a decade. There are others like Wise or Compass. So doesn't really, I mean, we, we've got a bit of an advantage if you sign in through us and that you get better rates and you'll have access to our account manager there. But otherwise, it doesn't really matter. You can sign up with any of those. Um, and that will be rates that are a lot closer to the median rate. So maybe half or maximum one yen off the median rate. So that saves you a good few bucks on a property transaction. Mm -hmm. um, and then we receive the funds into our account. We would also need you. I must. Do you know when you're arriving approximately? Uh, like three, four years. In three, four years. Yeah, yeah. So basically, okay. we're taking advantage of the exchange rate right now, and in case uh, you know, because everything is closed down, so yep. we figure that properties are cheaper now before everything opens up again. Plus, the exchange rate is good, so. I mean, Change rate is very good. visit next year if everything, if the borders are open, if we have time. But yep. the, in terms of moving, it's probably three, four years. Yeah, we've been okay. trying to go for like two, three years now. It's uh, understood. Yeah, and really will, will you need us to do anything in your absence, like organized maintenance or cleaning or yard work? Or do you just need us to pay your annual property tax kind of thing? What do you want us to do? Uh, I guess... We'll have to think about it. Um, I mean, you do want electricity and water, water. connected there, right? So somebody yeah, needs yes. to be the contact person for the utilities. So I'm guessing yes. until you've got an address here, that probably has to be us. Uh, not an address, I mean residency, until you're actually here receiving post and can, can show that you're living here. So again, going off that same document that I forwarded, that's a fee of 3,000 yen per month. Mm-hmm. 3080 yen per month and then there's one more annual uh, hour 
for handling your tax statements and receiving them and filing them. So that's 13 times 3,000 yen per year. Mm -hmm. And then any irregular work that needs to be done. So for example, if during the um, purchase phase, you'll want us to go there and uh, do a viewing for you, or if uh, when we need to connect to the utilities, so we'll need to contact um, the electricity company, the water company, gas company, whatever the property is connected to, um, to create that relationship and put everything in place, we just charge for these irregular tasks by the hour. So again, 3000 yen per hour. Got it. And you're in uh, Fukuoka, right? We're based in Fukuoka, but if there's a viewing to be done, we'll probably send one of our um, partnered agents. Uh, they, I mean, they also charge, they're not free, but it'll be roughly the same amount, yeah. Got it. Yeah, I'm just wondering if it's like, uh, is it the 3,000 per hour just for the viewing or for the travel time as well? That's, that's why I'm asking about the location. The travel time is charged at half time. So if we're traveling for eight hours, we're only going to be charging for four hours because we can work uh, on the train or the airplane, whatever the case may be. Got it. And same goes, but the agents charge a little bit more. They charge 4,000 yen plus tax per hour if we have to uh, utilize. So what we'll do is we'll compare the transportation cost uh, versus the hourly cost and see which way is just the cheapest way to do it, whether it's going to be us or an agent that we send. Um, and depending on how long it takes, there's also going to be one or two or three meals uh, involved, which is about 1,000 yen per meal. Got it. Cool. Yeah, so I guess that's something to think about. Um, uh, in terms of, I guess, picking up the keys and stuff like that, it, would you be holding on to the keys until we visit, I guess? Correct. Got it. Yeah. And then you tell us, um, you know, I, I'm assuming you'll be landing probably going into a hotel first, so we'll just send the keys to you there. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah, sounds good. So, yeah, I guess... Um, We'll think of any more questions we might have. Uh, if you can, just uh, send us the documents and we'll uh, we'll send you the fee, uh, do the notary stuff and send the documents back. Perfect. And I saw that you wrote your name and address in the chat there. So did you want me to issue the invoice? Are you ready to move forward or do you want us to wait a bit? No, we, we can move forward. We're, we're ready to put in the offer to the house right away. Okay, no problem. So I'll uh, issue the invoice and I'll also in that email include the uh, two forms to be signed and witnessed and we'll take it from there. Awesome. Uh, so the invoice, uh, again, is going to be paid uh, through the bank? Um, I, again, I would advise, number one, the incoming remittances into Japan are usually between four to 6,000 yen. Mm -hmm. So if you do want to remit um, all or part of your purchase budget, uh, as well as the first year management fees, for example, if you want to capitalize on the rates and save on those extra remittance fees, then the, the moment that you, you've engaged our services, you can treat us as your de facto bank account. So you can transfer as much as you want here and we'll hold it for you. We'll send you an annual expenses statement and let you know when you need to top it up if you need to. Um, so it, it's up to you if you want to just remit our fee or you want to remit a larger portion to include also the purchase or part of it. Uh, but again, I would advise to sign up with a foreign exchange provider. So our invoice at the bottom will have a link to join OFX, which is the one that mm -hmm. we normally work with. Um, so you can join them. It's it's free to join. And then you'll be able to get estimates to see how much, uh, what kind of rates they're going to give you at any given time. Um, but you can also compare that with, uh, again, Wise Compass. There's a bunch of um, foreign exchange yeah. providers out yeah, there. I'll have to compare with my bank because uh, my bank doesn't charge anything for international transfers. No, but there's a receiving bank charge on this end. I see. 
there's always a remitting bank charge or not, but there's always a receiving bank charge for international transfers. So on the Japanese side, it's between four to 6,000 yen, depending on how big the transfer is. Um, and your bank, if they charge or not, that's up to your bank. Uh, so if, if the fee is relatively unknown at the time of transfer, uh, how, how do you make up that difference, basically? The fee, what do you mean? Sorry? Uh, so you said if there if there's a fee on, on your end, um, you know, on the receiving bank end, and you, you know, let's say you say this fee is a few thousand yen. Like well, when you a... when you remit, you when you book a deal with a foreign exchange provider, or alternatively, when you remit directly from your account, there's always an option to tick. Um, um, I I pay the bank charges, or the recipient pays the bank charges. So it's up Got to it. you. And, you know, if there's a confusion and we end up being 4,000 or 6,000 yen short, that's not a problem. We can charge you on that for later. That's not an issue for got us. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll check out the uh, the rates there then. All right. So I'll issue the invoice. I'll send you those engagement forms. The bottom of the invoice will have a link to join OFX if you want to do that. If you do end up going with them, let me know once you've signed up and I'll put you directly in touch with our account manager just to make your first remittance smooth. Sure. And we'll take it from there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Pleasure. Great meeting you. Great. You too. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. So there you have it. Not necessarily, as I've said in the call, a case of buyer beware. And again, in this case, the buyer did end up going for a cheaper property, but certainly a case of buyer be aware. Know what you're getting into, what you're going to have to deal with, and make sure that you're prepared for it mentally, physically, and of course, financially. Hope you found some value in this conversation. Now, before we go, we're also, as always, going to tell you and also link to our other sponsor's website. That's Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. If you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis or you're already in Japan on some sort of a temporary visa and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one, or if you're considering setting up a local company or a branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiries, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section of wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoroshiku. Yoroshiku.